This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have a report from Whitney Pibbin and from Sierra Dr. Sierra at the National FFA Convention. Rain is showing up on radar at this hour from East Central South Dakota into Minnesota. Areas receiving showers now include Millbank, Benson, Morris, Glenwood, and Hutchinson. That rain extends east into Wisconsin and south into northern Iowa. The National Weather Service is forecasting a mix of sunshine and clouds today for the Northern Plains, an isolated shower or sprinkle east of the James River Valley region this morning. The 8th Circuit Court of Appeals threw out the Environmental Protection Agency's ban on the use of chlorpyrifos. The court determined the EPA disregarded its own science-based findings. The news has been applauded by many farm groups. American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall is pleased the court recognized the agency failed to follow its own standards when it took away an important crop protection tool. Without chlorpyrifos last year, American Sugar Beet Growers Association President Nate Hulkren said beet growers had much higher costs and had to use multiple pesticides multiple times with inadequate performance. The Eighth Circuit Court heard this case nearly a year ago. The appeal was filed by the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association with support from sugar processors and other farm groups. Minnesota Soybean Growers Association President Bob Wirth welcomed the decision from the courts on the use of chlorpyrifos. Oh, Don, this is a great great news for soybean farmers and, and sugar beet farmers and all farmers because this is a chemical that we really miss. We know that's safe, but uh, EPA thought maybe differently, uh, but they end up losing in, in the eight district court, which is really good news for us. Chlorpyrifos will be available for use in 2024, but there is one issue. Oh, yeah, it will be back in place. But if you can find it, uh, just remember that the EPA has shut down all the plants that are producing. They were just able to sell their product that they had. So there's no product available as of today. Um, I don't know if they'll have some available for us for 2024. Uh, it's possible, but it's going to be under really limited uh, quantities. The U.S. Commerce Department is lowering the duties placed on phosphate fertilizer imported from Morocco from 19.97% to 2.12%. The issue stems from a Commerce Department decision in 2020 that favored a petition by Mosaic, which claimed foreign companies unfairly flooded the U.S. market with low-cost fertilizers. The American Soybean Association, National Corn Growers Association opposed these duties and praised the Commerce Department decision. A record land sale has been reported in Pembina County in northeast North Dakota. Two quarters sold by auction with one sale just over $19,000 per planted acre, the other for nearly $18,700. The previous record was $12,600, which was set in 2022. Land's going for a pretty penny up there in North Dakota. Even if you didn't buy that land, all the land around it will appraise a little higher. So if you ever need a good appraisal, now's the time to do it. Those comments from Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi in the latest edition of the Bullpen. That discussion about markets can be found on the Red River Farm Network YouTube channel. U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack does not expect a farm bill to be passed before the end of the year, but he is confident there will be an extension passed before the end of December. Number one. We're not going to have a farm bill passed before December 31st. 
But we do have to have an extension because we don't want the program to lapse because if it were to lapse, there would be serious consequences to the farmers, but also very serious consequences to the economy and to consumers. So I'm very confident that we will see an extension. The question is how long that extension will be. I think the Senate leadership, in a bipartisan way, is suggesting a year. I don't think they think it will take a year to get the Farm Bill done, but they think that's the easiest and simplest format to, to get the 60 votes necessary to get it passed in the Senate. Don't know if the House has got that same timeline. There are the programs that are available outside the Farm Bill's reach. The, the second point I would want to make about the Farm Bill is that we put a lot of emphasis on the Farm Bill, and we should, but the reality is there are a lot of other tools that USDA and the federal government have that sometimes people forget. And so I, I mentioned Climate Smart Partnerships. That wasn't funded through a Farm Bill program. That was funded through the Commodity Credit Corporation. That's a very important and significant tool that we have at USDA that, that folks need to understand and appreciate. Here's the, here's the rub. Here's the challenge. The challenge is that when you look at the Farm Bill, there's a, a, a defined amount of money that's established by the Congressional Budget Office. This is the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The National FFA Convention is underway. The stars excel in their uh, supervised agricultural experience project and their proficiencies. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more from Indianapolis. Our coverage of the 96th National FFA Convention and Expo is brought to you by CHS, the nation's largest farmer-owned cooperative and proud supporter of FFA, A Country Farm Credit Services, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated and its Dinner Bell Creamery, Proceed and Corteva. National FFA star farmer finalist Daniel Jossen hails from the Ada Borup West FFA chapter in Minnesota and is one of four finalists in the nation that qualified for the American Star Farmer Award. Jossen has many different components to his SAE. So my SAE started when I was 14. I bought a small square baler and started baling small squares of straw with my brother. As time went on, I bought him out of the baling business and I started raising alfalfa and I bought a round baler. And along with that, I started to raise some wheat and soybeans on some rented acres. And as time went on, I started to farm more and bale more. And uh, now I have 70 acres of my own alfalfa, another 50 acres that I do custom. Uh, I bale 1,000 acres of straw each year from my parents' wheat harvest. And I put up small squares, 4 by 5 rounds, and 3 by 3 large squares. And I do all my own trucking in the wintertime. I have my own semi. And in the wintertime, I also plow snow in Fargo for a landscaping company, commercial parking lots. And so I stay pretty busy. And Jocelyn is thankful for getting involved in FFA when he was younger. Just say yes to every opportunity. There's been a lot of things uh, that I maybe didn't want to do, but my parents and my advisors said, well, you, you should probably just do that. You know, you only get one chance to do a lot of these things in your life. And I've, I've never regretted uh, doing anything that I, I thought that I wouldn't like. I've always been appreciative that I've done everything that I was able to. Uh, it's definitely gotten me to national convention here, coming to convention when I was younger and seeing the American Star Farmers and what they had accomplished and knowing that I would just love to be on that stage. And uh, just saying yes has got me to where I am here today. The National Stars will be announced at the 6th General Session Friday evening. Coverage of convention is sponsored by Minnesota Farmers Union, South Dakota Farmers Union, Farm Credit Services of Mandan, Nutrien, Minnesota Farm Bureau, and Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council. Reporting agriculture's business, 
This is Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. More than 300 companies and organizations are represented at the National FFA Expo. Carly Potter leads the intern program for CHS. We see the passion that they have for agriculture. We see the leadership skills that they're getting developed. We see the confidence as they grow through the FFA program. And so we're here to at least support all the opportunities that they have available, but then also to showcase what we have at CHS to offer when it comes to career opportunities. Um, and things they can do there to build upon that passion. Potter, who is originally from Hunter, North Dakota, said the FFA students typically have personal experience on the farm. We also like to showcase, you know, if you have that analytical background or if you have those communication skills, there's opportunities like that at companies like CHS that are in the agriculture world. So I think there's so much opportunity if you have that agriculture background, that's great. Obviously, we want to bring you to CHS, but um, if you don't, um, we can obviously bring you in, train you, and show you everything about the industry that you might not know. CHS is a major sponsor of the Red River Farm Network's coverage from the National FFA Convention. Waverly, Minnesota dairy farmer Dan Glessing says the weather has made uh, getting dry bedding done a bit of a struggle this fall. We've got a lot of bedding bales to make for our livestock. Um, it seems like we couldn't, there for a while, we couldn't go three days. About the time everything was dry enough to start combining, um, get another shower. Now we got snow again uh, here on Monday evening and uh, so we're, we're still plucking away but the, the dry bedding has been concerned but there again we'll um, you know we'll sign up to do it next year and, and we'll get it done this year but it's just uh, sometimes it tests your patience a little more than I'd like it to. There's still a few days left in the corn harvest. We're still picking on corn we've got a, a, a little ways to go on corn um, but if we can get to it and keep the weather at bay, you know, three, four days, we should be wrapped up with corn and um, should have room for it now in all the bins so we don't have to truck anything out. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it's we're still plugging away combining as well. Once again, a reminder, the National FFA Convention underway in Indianapolis. We have broadcast coverage here on the Red River Farm Network as well as updates online. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Leaders from three state agriculture departments and 29 U.S. agribusinesses and organizations participated in a trade mission to Southeast Asia. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. South Dakota Secretary of Agriculture and Natural Resources Hunter Roberts says he sees a bright future for the state's ag industry with possibilities to expand on what's already a strong trade relationship. South Dakota is very strong and, and seeing growth in, in soy, dairy, pork, corn, DDGs, and ethanol. And those are our largest exports to this, this region. So certainly uh, coming here has been a great opportunity to further embolden, further create those relationships and build on those relationships that our country largely already has. But we have opportunities to, to continue to grow those and speak on behalf of South Dakota agriculture and U.S. agriculture. USDA Undersecretary Alexis Taylor led the trade mission. She highlights unique opportunities for the U.S. to contribute to expanding ag businesses in these countries. Uh, we toured a business that's looking to expand dairy production in Malaysia. Um, and they're looking to actually source U.S. genetics uh, for their uh, dairy herd. And a huge opportunity for additional, um, uh, I think, feed exports from the United States to be able to, again, partner our high-quality genetics with high-quality 
corn, soybean, DDG, feed ingredients. There are real practical um, things going on in these markets that are benefiting um, South Dakota uh, farmers that we saw this week. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Governor Tim Walls will be on a farm in southeastern Minnesota today to celebrate one million acres being enrolled in the Minnesota Agricultural Water Quality Certification Program. Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson will also participate in today's event. Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat right now. The D's contract two and three quarter down at 708. Chicago wheat, December, a quarter penny higher. Hard red winter wheat, the same contract, down one and three quarters. Dees corn, 468 and a quarter, down one and three quarters. March down one and a half. Bit higher in soybeans. January soybeans, 1233 and a half, five and a quarter higher. March, five and three quarter cents higher. Checking in on the farm calendar, Farm Credit Services of Mandan is hosting an agriculture, finance, and technology forum on Tuesday. Uh, again, that's going to be held in Mandan at the Agribusiness Center. Also on the calendar, the Agri-Growth Minnesota Ag and Food Summit is coming up in Minneapolis. That will be on Thursday of next week. A uh, number of uh, speakers, including uh, Jacob Shapiro, the geopolitical specialist. They'll have panels on food security, climate change, a look at what's going on in the talent pipeline, and a focus on the U.S.-Canadian relationship as well. Have yourself a great Friday, a great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.